Welcome to Taking Back Birth, a podcast for women who know the truth about birth and those who want to explore the path of radical birth love. I'm your host, Marin Green. Taking Back Birth celebrates the power you have to make decisions in alignment with your own truth. Decisions not subject to anyone else's authority. Decisions that create experiences that will change your life. Taking Back Birth is a production of the Indie Birth Private Contract Association and IndieBirth.org. No material on this podcast should be considered medical advice. Birth is not a medical event. Welcome to Podcast Monday. I feel like I just did a podcast, but this one has been so worth waiting for. We had a very special day yesterday. Uh, It was Aurora's birthday, and I have Aurora's mom, Sacha, here with me today. And I know she has such amazing wisdom and some of Aurora's story to share. We're not quite sure what's going to come out, but we were just talking beforehand, and we know that it will be perfect. And after a whole year plus of knowing each other, this is the date we chose to have this conversation that we're letting everybody hear. So I'm going to pass the mic over and Sacha's going to take it. Thank you, Marin. Yes, this year has been very magical. My name is Sacha and I also live in Kentucky here in the hills, in the haulers, in the valley and the creeks and the spring water just flows out of the hills and we feel so blessed to be amidst this this beautiful earth that we live we live with um, right now Marin is there's there's some strange sounds going on sounds like construction and I guess maybe that's where I'll start with this story um, with Aurora coming in um, my partner Phil and I we came to the land that we live with that we call Plantasia um, in Rockcastle County, Kentucky. Um, we were called in by this beautiful waterfall called England Falls that I saw in a vision um, when we lived up in Minnesota. And I met with my, my one of my great-grandmothers, an ancestor, in this vision. And in this vision, she introduced me to my childhood self, Again, you know, like we were brought back together in this vision and we were behind this beautiful waterfall and um, we come out of the waterfall and um, and in this journey, we go up and meet with Phil and she like brings us together and we're eagles and she says, okay, there's there's this older man that's waiting for you all and that's that's where your land will be, like that's where you're going to live and look for the five-pointed flower and... And this is that's going to be your home. And um, sure enough, when we were trying to find a new place to live for Minnesota, um, we were looking at at this southeastern area, North Carolina and Virginia. Um, but my partner's from Kentucky, and I just decided to look for waterfalls and just look at different waterfalls. And it just so happens that there was a waterfall that looked just like the one in my vision and it turned out it was England Falls and long story short we ended up with 
with um, Plantasia from an older man. Um, and his family built the house in the 1920s. And probably even earlier, you know, there was no electricity even in the valley till probably the 50s. And so we bought this house. And this land is 35 acres um, of meadow and hills and creeks and springs and caves. And um, when we bought this house, we didn't even look inside it before we, we said yes. And um, we do go inside it, and it's, it's, it's scary. We, we almost just, like, want to knock it down right away. Um, but we were kind of forced into having our first, like, homecoming party um, inside because it was actually a really cold night when we were going to have it outside. And so we had that party inside and it ended up being really great. And it, it showed us the vision of being able to be in this house. And so we decided to undertake the construction of, of like rehabilitating this house and transforming this house. And so, um, we were in there for about a year and then we decided to, um, replace the roof because it was leaking and this was the point where aurora decided to come in because we finally replaced the roof and she was like okay good enough i'm, I'm coming you guys you know and so this whole first um child that we were you know she was in my womb um, our house was under construction the entire time fitting in the bathroom and the kitchen and redoing like the the office and the bedroom and the living room I mean it was it was it was a very large journey um, and this all had to be done because we really wanted to have a home birth you know holding that that sacredness of of being at home and being in this very held place felt like where where I wanted to be as a, a birthing mother and and a place that I trust um, this land that that sort of brought us in and the the spirits of this land um, throughout before even meeting this land you know they were calling and um, before we knew Aurora was coming she she was calling you know the ancestors were telling us like through through dreams and through visions that you have children coming, and when I would connect with this land before we we actually knew we were going to be living on this land, they asked, where are all the children? Like, we want the children, and and it, it felt like the entire story of Aurora coming in, it was, it was not just her father Phil and me mother, birth mother Sacha being like, yes, we're bringing in this child. It was, it was the ancestors that were calling her in and and it was her helping us come to the land where she was going to be born and and raised and it was the the land that holds us that also wanted her to come in and and all of the the plants that we connect with there wanted her to come in and there was um You know, this beautiful tree that lives on the land um, that looks like a yoni tree. There's like this this beautiful just, um, kind of outlay that, that we call the yoni tree. And right around um, the time that we, we conceived um, in November, 
of 2020, right around when Rumi was born. She was probably conceived. <laughs> um, I remember it was, it was my birthday and I, I was given a crystal by um, another friend and sister in, in the community. And she said, it's for the yoni tree. And so I, I offered it to the yoni tree. And, you know, around then she was, she was conceived. And on my birthday that year, um, I went outside right at dawn. And there was, there was the sun coming up. And frost was all over the ground. And it looked like there was all these rainbow crystals. And there I stood, like, receiving the sun energy. And um, when I look back at this photo that was taken by Phil, um, it looks like, you know, I'm receiving Aurora, who means, you know, the, the goddess of dawn. You know, it was almost this, like, symbolic, like, you're receiving her. And um, a couple of weeks later, we found out I was pregnant. And, and it was... It was, we, we took, we did take a pee test, like up at the yoni tree. And even though it was like, of course we're pregnant, but it was, it was, it was interesting to have that, that affirmation, just that moment um, in there. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to interject my own little story that when we met on Zoom that first time, you showed me that tree right away. And it felt so comforting and just seeing the land, even on a computer screen, there was something like so protective and beautiful about it. I don't know if maybe I know it in some other time and place too, but I remember just feeling like before I even knew you guys, before we even knew each other that, wow, like that is a really special place and that feels really right. Such a cool, cool thing to reflect on. And I love this this land. It looks like you know, coming in the hills. There's this woman. The, the hills look like they're a woman, and it looks like she has this this big birthing belly. And where we're like in the valley, where you can see it is like right where our land is. That's where the the womb is. The the big birthing belly. It's really really sweet and. I think we, we noticed that before we would really know we were going to have have little ones. Yeah. And, <laughs> and so this, this land feels very sacred and connecting um, into her feels like an important piece of the story um, and Aurora coming in. And to return to some of the, the practical parts of, of her birth story, you know, I was, I was pregnant and I was going to be working with some midwives here in, here in Berea, um, but the closer I got, um, the more nervous I became. I, and I felt this big lioness energy in me, um, not wanting them to even step foot onto Plantasia. It was just this like, rah, like... Mm-hmm. You know, I'm, this is not allowed. And right around this time, I, I published a website um, for the flower essences that I create. And Marin was just about to move from Sedona to Berea. And she found, 
she found me through like a thread of of occasions of how the universe works and and she contacted me and I think Phil and I were just like what <laughs> we have this magical midwife thing moving here well, I didn't know you were pregnant or anything either. yeah no I was just gonna say I I had no idea who you were and I didn't know you were pregnant so in case anybody thinks I was stalking you as a pregnant woman I didn't know just your name had been passed from a friend of a friend and they said oh you're moving to Kentucky like I know these awesome people so I checked out your site and so yeah so we connected and (laughs) it just it just felt very natural very organic and um what I really enjoyed about Marin was I felt as though she was really calling in the, the sacredness of birth, you know, back into into the hands of the mother and and to be this true sort of like guiding light and um, it makes me feel like almost like really teary, like mm-hmm. I don't know, this this ancient way of being a a birth holder or a birth carrier or a birth guide, like just coming back to the surface and like it crawling back up and like I don't know I see a little turtle just you know uncovering itself from the the sand just coming back to life and so so here we were we were going to be with with Plantasia and and Marin here and my partner Phil and then I had another friend who was a doula Jess that was going to be at the birth and as the birth was getting closer, um, I, fe- I felt pretty calm. Um, I'd have these dreams that were showing me that she would come out really um, small and she would, she would maybe not be breathing in this, these dreams. And I've, I've ended up in the hospital in those, those dreams or like I didn't have support in those dreams and it was... Um, and one time I had a meditation and I just was like, what, um, what, what do I need to feel, you know, to prepare for this birth? And I was brought into a hospital in this, in this meditation and in the meditation, I just had this extremely calm feeling come over me saying that even if I was in the hospital, like everything would be okay. Like this, this is how just just trust basically this this like great wave of trust came over me and so I I felt peace I felt a lot of peace going into the birth and a couple days before the birth um I I finally went to go talk to this enormous beautiful plant it was um a thistle plant and um, my partner Phil he's an astrologer and he has his like his office that overlooks the meadow and he's been eyeing this plant like all summer and this plant finally bloomed and this plant was bringing in all these butterflies and hummingbirds and Aurora was very connected with this hummingbird energy as as a dear friend like announced to me before I was born that there was this little hummingbird energy just flying all around me and that she she wants to come in and, and be born and so we knew she was connected with the hummingbirds and this plant was just so strong. And so a couple days before I went to go speak with this plant um, intuitively and this plant 
shared with me that her name was Aurora of the Valley. And I, and it, I was like, wow, that's a really beautiful name. And like, I've never thought of that name. And, and she also was like, just, you know, be, be in that connection and have trust, you know, connect in with the earth and the, and the divine and just be in this flow. And so, so a couple of days later, um, I went into labor around 2.40 a.m. And I remember getting up and feeding chicken to myself and my little black dog named Spirit. And, you know, we were just trading, sharing chicken pieces. And I was just so excited to, to be in labor and to meet this little one coming into the world. And it was always a little bit challenging for me to meet with her as a spirit baby, but I could feel this just very excited energy. Just she was so excited to come out and and to be here, and that's that's about all I could really feel from her. And um, so we, I continued to labor, and I remember just feeling in like energetically all these different animals, and just like feeling into their energies, and there was just a lot of. Like, a lot of joy in doing that because I could just feel like um, the the joy of of what animals that I chose at the moment, like what they love to do, and feeling just that love. Um, and and the day continued on, and and Marin and Jess came over, and they made this amazing porridge that sort of saved my life. <laughs> and Jess made this amazing like bed on the floor in the bathroom floor because I just felt really safe in this bathroom that also was finished like five days before Aurora was born and we got running water like that came in from our spring like maybe less than 10 days before she was born um so we had the water we had the bathroom we had the kitchen and so I mostly felt safe in the bathroom sometimes going outside and um, then Marin and Jess were like, you need to just get some rest, maybe eat some food, and we'll come back. And so they made a big, like, nest for me in the living room. And Phil and I, we watched the dog's purpose, and Phil was kind of trying to force feed me a bunch of chicken and corn. <laughs> and it didn't settle very well, so it kind of all came up. But <laughs> uh, we, we managed that, and... Um, I was able to sleep off and on, you know, through the contractions and just getting up and, and I think it was, I don't know, around four in the morning, perhaps. I'm not really sure, but my water broke and Phil, before my water even broke or as it was breaking, I think he contacted Marion and Chess to come back over and I feel like passing this to you. <laughs> I know I was going to grab Aurora's birth notes today, but then I forgot. So I guess I wasn't supposed to look at them either. Um, but yeah, I remember just how graceful you were. So I mean, you were laboring that whole day, which is pretty normal for a first birth. And yeah, we checked in. We, we hung out with you a little bit that evening, that first evening. 
And I remember we both went home to feed our babies because we both had like 10 month olds. So we were like, we're going to put our babies to bed and call, you know, anytime you need. So yeah, I remember Phil calling at like whatever you said, three or 4 a.m. or something and uh, feeling like, oh yeah, it must, it must be time and got over there. And I remember that the fluid I saw was clear, which is important to the story, I guess. And I think we even listened to Aurora once, at least, um, with the Doppler. And, you know, everything just <clears throat> sounded great. And Sacha was rocking it and, like, moving right along and totally in, you were just, like, in your own beautiful labor world in your bathroom. And it just felt, again, like, so protective and nurturing in your space and on that land. Um, and just waiting, just like being in your bathroom with you, waiting for your baby to come out. And out she came. <laughs> no, she, she just, she popped out. Like I wasn't even expecting her to, to be out so quickly. Um, I think I was like kind of pushing, but I was like, I don't know. I just, she never really crowned to my knowledge. She just, she literally just popped out and felt her, her father wasn't even in the room with us. You know, he was, he was also adding to the energy. He was in the bathroom and like adding to that, like pushing energy. Let's release, you know? And so he came running in. <laughs> um, uh, we had a different bathroom. Um, compost outside <laughs> but yeah she came out and I just feel like I was in this state of sort of bliss and awe and disbelief and wow and I think the first thing I, I just remember she was really slippery and I kept trying to like hold her and she just <laughs> kept kind of sliding around and um, I remember Marin speaking to Jess and being like, okay, we need to call an ambulance. And, um, Marin saying we need to give Aurora like mouth to mouth, like cover her mouth and nose or I mean with your mouth and start breathing into her and just breathing into her and like pulling, pulling stuff out of her mouth, you know? Mm -hmm. So she had... She had aspirated on meconium, and um, it wasn't something I was really prepared for or knew much about. Um, and so I, I was sort of in this, like, I feel so, in this moment, just so grateful that I had Marin there because I knew that if there was a call like this that needed to be made, um, I could trust Marin and Jess like wholeheartedly and I never had to question um like I just I just knew this was the truth and I, I knew like intuitively these were this was re the right situation and so that felt it just felt promising like in that moment to know this is what we need to do and okay how how do we do this um and so I know I I and passed my baby to Marin because I was like she kept sliding and I was nervous and and Marin got to give her breath into into Aurora and um, being with this breath um, 
especially with the rise of the breath work, um, for us to be able to breathe into her felt like this this gift, this gift to her um, that that felt really sacred. And I did I didn't realize this at the time, but later um, doing doing some of the the work surrounding her birth. Um, this, this breathing into her was really, really important, not only to save her life, but also like in a, in a spiritual essence, like bringing our, our wisdom of both of our ancestors and like breathing that into her um, was, was vital, um, was vital to her well-being. And I think it, it captured her spirit to like want to stick around to stay, yeah, you know, maybe perhaps like that was that was um, part of it. Um, I'm going to pass it to Mary. Yeah, that's hard to share. Maybe I don't know how you're feeling. It was such a surreal experience from my perspective. Like you were so intuitive, and like you said, your body just ejected this baby just in the bathroom. Like so, it looks so easy and. You know, Aurora came out behind you, if I remember, and just was in this like sludge of meconium. Like I have never seen anything like it. So I know I almost wish we had had a video or something just to say like what happened next, really. But I mean, ultimately, she just needed our help. She needed you and all the fluids to get sucked out. And I remember Phil rushing in. And when I had said, like, we need to call, and he was like, really? Like, yes, really, <laughs> something like that. But, you know, he didn't know kind of like what was happening. And so we just did everything, like suctioned in all kinds of ways and drainage and, you know, but when it's in lungs, it's a little harder. I mean, it's very hard to get out any other way. In fact, I don't really even know exactly what they do in the hospital other than use medications. Like it's not a thing at home that you can remedy. So the idea is to just keep the baby breathing. And in her case, like I still remark about how magical Aurora is. Like she is so magical and, and obviously like wanted to be here because I think there's also a lot of stories out like that out there like that, that are really tragic and babies come out and they never take a breath because their lungs are just so full. Um, but I remember looking into her little eyes and like she was there a little bit. Like I remember she kind of kept like dipping out, but she was there and it was just a matter of like time. It felt like to get her the help she needed, which took a very long time. If I recall, it was like an hour, wasn't it? Yeah, it was something insane. And this was my first birth experience in Kentucky. I had no idea about, you know, how quickly EMS moves or out here in the country. It was a Saturday morning, yeah? And it was very slow. I don't know if these guys had to, like, literally be pulled out of their beds. I mean, we were grateful, but they also showed up with nothing, no equipment, nothing. So it was just a matter of a ride. This was the ride, in, and she was. She was born um, exactly at dawn, so astrologically, her son is exactly on the ascendant, so we have a Leo son and a Leo ascendant, 
And and so hence, I was like, what's what should we name her, Phil? And he's like, well, Rhoda. Like she was born at dawn. <laughs> she was born at dawn, and so cool. and yeah, these EM- EMTs like. I, 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 I just imagine they, they came in through the door and I just <laughs> imagine them being this like like speechless, I believe. I don't know, because we were some some women here and it felt sort of like like ancient energy coming in and just like being this naked mother and her baby and on the floor, like on this bathroom floor and here we were, they'd like wrap me up in a blanket and I I got to hold Aurora um, and I walked her out my front door and the sun was coming up and there was the sun and I just remember this feeling of power and resilience and this sense of this is my Phoenix moment and <laughs> here we go. Like we, we got this and... I have this baby, and I'm I'm walking barefoot here, you know, yeah. naked in a shroud, you know, holding holding Aurora, and I got to hold her in the ambulance all the way to the hospital, and I was like holding the oxygen mask up to her face and looking into her eyes, and she had these dark black eyes and. I remember the song um, Wild Eyes by Marie Sue just like held me all throughout um, this time that I was like after the hospital, what happened. Um, I'm really grateful to that song. (laughs) It really really, um, held my heart um, because we, we were brought to the hospital and I didn't know that these moments of looking into her eyes were gonna be like the last moments I got to be with her for almost two weeks and this was, this was um, very unexpected, I suppose. Um, and we got to the hospital, and we were separated right right away. And I don't even remember that moment of being separated. It was like I almost just like blocked it out mm-hmm. of my memory, and I, I still can't like pull back that memory. Mm-hmm. And I was taken upstairs, and she was taken somewhere, and. Um, by the way, my placenta was still in me. We, we were trying, I was trying to birth the placenta as well, um, at home, but there was, there was so much kind of going on. Um, and I think I just kind of like froze up in a way. Um, I could feel the placenta almost wanting to come out in the ambulance and I wish I could have like given it that, that push cause I could, it could feel it like I was just, I'm ready. Um, but that didn't happen. So I I was at the Richmond Hospital in Kentucky and it was like manually removed and it was just this horrendous experience. It was like Phil was holding me and he was just like, I, I sense into his energy too, just like how much he couldn't protect, you know, his, his lover and his baby and just like the, the intense like um, trauma that he had to go through just like standing by and not being able to support us really and um, it, it was it was really really painful um, and I look back now and I wish I just had like my Angelica tinctures or something that I could have just like popped and, and helped I don't know just offer more support to my being or like calmed me in a good space and just really like 
I believe there was other ways to help my placenta be birthed instead of this forced removal. Um, but we were, we had to fight with them to, to be able to bring the placenta back. But after they sent it to the lab, um, and it was, we, we were able to pick it up and we buried her placenta right by the yoni tree, you know, a few days later. Um, and her placenta, it was all, it looked like it was, it was all normal. The, the results came back normal. So, so we were in Richmond hospital and they gave me very terrible food. I was so upset. I was just like, I was, I was traumatized. Like I was, I was so angry that this is what they would feed a woman after giving birth. Like, how is this a healing place? I'm so I'm still pretty furious about it. Um, I guess I guess food's just such an important piece of our our lives and and growing food and being with food and you know imagining this amazing porridge, just this nourishing food after giving birth. And I was given like Texas toast, and it, it was it's very challenging to to be in that moment. Um, but we moved past it, and we had to be transferred to the Lexington Hospital because they had the NICU and were able to support Aurora. So Aurora came back up um, in the little NICU holder and we got to see her with a bunch of tubes and again we looked into her eyes and, and my doula Jess came and she took a photo so we had this photo of her and, and us looking at her and, and then she was put into an ambulance and I was put into a different ambulance and Phil went home to go gather everything together and bring it back to the hospital um, and check on our dog spirit who was there the whole time and at home through the birth and I get to the hospital and they test me for COVID and it, I it just I didn't even worry about it I was like okay this is just kind of like a procedure that happens these days um, and then they gave me an ultrasound my, about my placenta um, to make sure it was all removed and they thought there was something still there and they took like a few different people to come look at it and um, I guess they decided there wasn't anything there but later on it seemed like something came out and it just ejected naturally and then they wanted to like put me through a c-section again to get it out or something or like cut it up cut it out but thankfully they just like let that slide and it was fine um, so eventually Phil got back to the hospital with me and we were put into a room and we were just about to go see Aurora in the NICU when this young, young man full in like a big hazmat suit came up to the room and he looked like he was almost going to cry. And he told me that I tested positive for COVID and I didn't really know what that meant at the moment. I honestly just like felt bad that he felt so bad. <laughs> he was, I don't know. I it didn't like it didn't process, um, and then it started setting in that I was like, "Oh, you all are not going to allow access to our daughter," um, and they decided they they shuffle us to a different room that was like third cabin on the Titanic sort of situation that was like the COVID rooms um and we were we were in a really rough place and Phil had brought back the porridge and it was the best 
food I've ever it was it was a really good moment to eat that porridge um it felt really nourishing and Marin sent us a lot of food and so we had some good food with us um and they told us we were going to be discharged the next day and go back home and so we went home and we had to stay there well you know um we, we couldn't see our daughter again um, and so for 12 nights we were without her and I we could watch her on a screen which I guess thankfully we had this screen and we could kind of watch her and um, as every time I, I pumped you know for her milk because we could bring the milk that we could get the milk to her I would just connect in with my heart and connect in you know energetically to her heart and just feel this this connection and um there's a really beautiful time when um phil received a reading uh, from a woman who uh, who was connected with the angels and like the more the divine beings and they said to him like there's this moment that you can get into the hospital and go see her there's going to be like a change in guard and you'll be able to get in there. There's going to be a little window. And so Phil, Phil took this opportunity and he did. He got to go and, and be with our daughter because he didn't, he didn't even get to touch her yet. And so he was able to, to get through and get into the room and he read her a book um, called A Brave Little One, Be Brave Little One, and sang her a song. And then at that moment, a nurse came running in and told him to evacuate <laughs> he, he could not he could not be there so that was that was a a nice blessing um, and so on the 13th day we were able to go and pick up aurora and she was just this shining beam of light and she was just just so lovely to to be reunited and rekindle our connection together um just hold her and i love that it was like the 13th moon the 13th yeah. night and and your course is called the 13 moons and um i feel as though we're in this time of of um reconnecting um I, yeah there's there's more to say maybe about the the teachings um, from this, but I'm going to pass the mic. Yeah, I guess I always have something little to say. I love hearing you retell it, even though that's really hard. And I'm sure people are angry listening to that part and just in disbelief that this happens sometimes. And all the COVID nonsense made it even crazier where people were really forbidden to see their own children. It blows my mind. And you weren't even sick. Like, what the heck? Who knows if it was even right, but it doesn't matter. <sighs> I remember you guys shared, I think that reading, I think it was that reading, or maybe there was another one that was sent to you that you sent to me. And, you know, of course, the story isn't about the midwife, but I received such comfort from that as well hearing this channeling about, you know, just the amazing being that Aurora is and was and how, and correct me if I'm wrong, but like 
how she wasn't really experiencing it that way. And, you know, the people walking in in masks and all this stuff that we were just so angry about um, that maybe that wasn't her experience. And she was just doing her thing that she came here to do. And I remember just, yeah, being so grateful for you guys in all of those moments, but especially those that like, wow, like, these are the people that are my friends. These are the people that I work with, like these people that can see even when things are hard, that like there's a bigger thing at work and there's a message and there are lessons and, you know, all of that rather than just being completely victimized about it, which I'm sure you had moments of too, because anybody would, Um, but upholding this like light around her and, and really, again, like, I just want to say it, it was such a miracle. Like, she's such a miracle. Like, I think it just feels normal now. Like, this is Aurora. Like, she's here and she's brilliant and beautiful. But like, in those early days of after her birth, like anything could have happened, you know, and like, again, I don't think anyone was focusing on that. But I'm still amazed like how she recovered and how she pulled through and it's really amazing. Yes. Thank you for sharing light on a, the doctors were very concerned. Like they were like, she's really sick and they were, it wasn't easy. Um, and they didn't know if she would pull through. Um, and she got really like some infections and so it was, it was, it was really scary. Um, but also I, I remember feeling like a bit of trust in some way in the divine and, and also from that reading, just knowing that she was, she was surrounded by this light and knowing that she wasn't really experiencing what we were experiencing. Like she was still sort of in this portal zone. Like she was still connected with her like starseed family and, and her love, her protectors and, and the ones that she will always be connected with. And they, she called her a powerhouse of a starseed child, <laughs> which is, is sweet. <laughs> but I think um, having that physical happening with Phil being able to go through into the hospital sort of shed light on this like affirmation that oh. yes, she's she's just being held right now in this light. And um, as I was doing some healing after. Of course, after the birth and months later, and I feel like the healing, you know, in different layers of this will continue to um, be exposed um, throughout her entire life and, and the rest of my life. Um, but some of the first layers that I was shown um, was this disconnection from her umbilical cord. So it was like this separation, this piece of separation, us being separated. And when we're going up into... Um, into our hills and meeting with these great giant oaks that were like they're on the border of our of where our land begins and I guess you know supposedly the the next neighbors begins you know in these human territorial ways um but there was barbed wire going through this this oak and this oak was probably hundreds of years old and I felt the energy of this oak being like I too like witnessed all of my like offspring be killed because all, all of the hills that we lived in were, were deforested completely. Um, and she, th- this oak, you know, 
also experienced her elders be cut, you know, and taken away. And as I continued to walk through the forest, I felt my own ancestors and I felt the grief that they feel from when they were disconnected from their land. Um, and when they were disconnected from like the divine, like their, their spiritual practices and their own power. And um, I think f whichever peoples you come from, I think now it's almost become a worldwide phenomenon that almost every um, peoples have, have experienced this in their lineage. And um, I'm getting chills and just grief and like sadness knowing this. And also, um, her lungs being filled up and the lungs representing grief, mm. you know, and the ancestors being like, this is carry grief. And, and like, this was a, like a, a way that this was able to be recognized so it could be worked mm. through. And I just remember the moments of being in the, the tub and just crying. Like I've never cried before. Just like so, so much pain was just like, weeping through me and flowing through me and as like this pain was like weeping out of me I felt like my heart just grow and grow and grow and like opened for Aurora you know and for my love for her and it was as though this this grief was finally able to be processed and that this grief of this separation between that my ancestors experienced you know was being carried energetically rather every mother and this this was an opportunity to um to, to clear that in a way and honor it not just clear it but like to hold it and to honor it and to love it and to now um make space for the, for the love and for um the connection that is happening on this this earth right now um the earth is is asking for us to reconnect with her and um, I think as mothers, for us to be able to reconnect to the earth, we also reconnect to, to our, our power and to like our inner divinity. And knowing that we share the breath with, with all the trees and the plants, like we, we share a spirit with them. Mm -hmm. And the spirit is so powerful. And I feel like we, we just forget and we're walking around almost like blinded and when we can like wake up a little bit like mm. the the sleeping beauty story of aurora you mm. know when we can like wake up and be like oh yes we are connected again like this is magic and this is beautiful and this is this is really wonderful even all the challenges that we have to face right now because we're all facing so many challenges and I think um, it's a time to be held in those challenges and um, be able to let them go. And one more aspect about Aurora's birth chart is that she holds um, a few asteroid goddesses mm -hmm. at the at these luminary nodes, so the North Node and the the South Node. So it's like the it's sort of like this this portal and there is at the south node juno juno was like the the wife of jupiter who would like mm -hmm. retreat he, she would leave and then come back to jupiter but like in her retreat she would like tend to herself and nourish herself and then she would come back you know is this like separation and come back and 
three other asteroids that have this this theme as well as separation. We have Black Moon Lilith, who was supposedly you know banished from the Garden of Eden, and her wild self um, wanted to be her wild self. You know she wasn't going to be tamed, and so she's like, I'm going to be over here and I'm going to be wild. So when you're ready to be wild with me, you know, come be with me. But she's also you know like the apogee of where the moon is so where the moon is the farthest from the earth like that's the point of where black moon lilith is in astrology and so representing you know the moon and our emotions and like us coming and going in our flows um in our natural cycles you know it's it is this like i'm here and then i'm i'm away again you know this coming and going this separation um, and then the other two asteroids on her north node are Persephone and Ceres, and Persephone is Ceres' daughter. And Persephone went down into the underworld. Mm-hmm. Um, some say she was like coaxed in there. I, I think she was allured by beautiful flowers, and I'm curious what is down there in those caves. I am I'm a curious yeah. maiden, you know. I want to go, go, um, go explore. And so she was down in the caves and when she was in the caves she got stuck in the caves and Ceres was her mother she was the one of um she was the goddess of fertility and you know the all the plants and bringing life basically into the world and in the underworld there is Persephone with you could call him Pluto or Hades and she ended up marrying him and they helped usher through the the dead you know or the things that needed to be let go of and um, eventually in the story, they found a way for Persephone to come back up to the surface and be with her mother for part of the year. So that's the, the spring and summer. And then the other half of the year, she's separated and she goes into the underworld and um, then she comes back, back to her mother again. And so I feel as though these themes um, that I witnessed with Aurora's birth, it, it's really helped um, myself um, heal from our, our moments of separation to have this kind of mythic lens and and to know that there's there's power behind this and now is a time of of, of reconnection um, that our time of separation as I spoke of earlier with the earth and from our divine selves and from our own power um, we're coming back together um in communion and i believe we will as a community and that honoring birth and like being realigned like these ancient ways of birthing are also like coming back up and we're reconnecting to those we're not mm-hmm. living a birth of, of separation we're we're reconnecting um, in these really deep ways and so I just I love Aurora and and all the lessons and the challenges and the all the blessings and the magic and I think Phil her father and Plantation and Marin like Marin you know also Aurora is like this strong lioness energy being this little Leo and so like the lioness being like bring bring someone else in you know bring Marin in and I just feel feel very blessed that I feel as though these mythic stories could could really live out by um by sharing that Marin and I like this this um intimate spiritual connection that Marin and I share and share with Aurora and and Phil and it was it's all all the beings are are here to support I think all the babies coming in and all the mothers and 
I think the deep listening and and the remembering to listen is this is really potent time for that. So thank you, thank you so much for listening to this story. Like I'm, I'm really honored yeah. that you could hear this story and and that I could share um, Aurora's light and um, may you shine as well. Oh, thank you. This is so special to sit with you. I mean, we've talked about bits and pieces of it over the last year, but this feels really healing for me too to just sit with you and hear it again and hear your reflections and your lessons. And I'm so grateful to you and Aurora and Phil and your beauty shining through of being able to demonstrate the grace in hard times. That's really important, I think, for women anticipating birth, you know, to hear and and to have an example out there of someone that's had a difficult journey and has worked through it and will continue to work through it, but also has this beautiful wisdom to share. I, I know these babies are so special and like Aurora's, of course, you know, she's on my super special list, like with my children, I will never forget Aurora's birthday, probably forever, you know, and, and I know they're all here in this really like funny and intricate way, even amongst each other, like the way that, um, you know, we dream of each other and, and some of my other kids and your dreams and, um, feeling connected to Aurora even before she came here and Rumi being connected to Aurora even before she was here. It's all so funny and weird and perfect and ordinary at the same time. And I wish, I wish everybody had kind of those, those connections or could realize that they do because I feel so lucky and grateful for you. So uh, before we go, do you want to share a little about what you're working on and your your ways to be reached? Because I'm sure people will want to reach out. Hi. Okay. So um, I am about to launch a new website. Um, I work with the flower essences um, and also guided meditations and the real work I feel my being wants to bring forth is sort of this like energetic supporting other mothers and mothers to be um, in this energetic alignment um, in their being so they are opened up um, to be able to listen to those those messages that are coming from from deep within the earth and from the divine and from our inner beings and so we can kind of let go of some of all, all the distractions around us and, and reconnect in and so I am working one-on-one with um, mothers-to-be um, and mothers. And you may find me at birthoftheearth.us. And I look forward to look, hearing from you. And, and if you have um, any special synchronicity that came up for you um, during this conversation, we'd love to hear them, I'm sure. And... Hmm. Be well. I can't wait to check out your new site. I didn't realize 
thought it had a new name. So we'll have to, I'll have to take a look. Yeah. Just to give you extra reinforcements. I know that the sessions you've done for some of the other ladies in the community have been really, really helpful to them. So I would, you know, most definitely recommend that to anyone out there that's wanting to take that journey because you can do it virtually, right? You're doing virtual sessions. So anybody out there in the world that wants to hang out with Sacha for an hour and do whatever meditations come through her to you, I'm sure would be so great. So thanks again for being here. I'm going to have to kiss Aurora for me since we're, we're childless, both of us here right now. Uh, but thanks for listening, everybody, and have a great week.